Welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy. Thank you all for tuning in today. And remember, if you want to hear the last couple of episodes, you can go to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart webpage right here on TalkingAlternative.com, and you can listen to a lot of the, I think it's like the past six or seven episodes. And also, if you scroll down a little bit more, you'll see a lot of banner ads on the bottom of my page. And there are a lot of the past guests that have been on the show. So if you want to learn more about some of the guests I've had on, like my guest from last week, uh, physical therapist Kevin Poplowski, and he was a Titleist specialist and d- works with a lot of golfers. So if you wanted to learn more about him and his website, you can just go and kick, uh, click on his website there on the bottom. So just a little reminder for everyone, if they're wanting to find out more about past guests that I've had on the show, you can go right to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart page here on TalkingAlternative.com, and it'll give you a direct link to, to uh, some of my guest websites. So... Like I said last week, the next couple of weeks for the show is going to be all about therapy. Last week we had golf. Today I have a great physical therapist on. Next week I have occupational therapists. And I think the rest of the, for the month of July is going to be mostly physical therapists. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And like I said, today's guest, no different, a great physical therapist. His name is Joseph Brents, and he is a physical therapist practicing with the Keystone Physical Therapy, a physiotherapy associates company in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, my home, my home state. Uh, he is a graduate of Duquesne University and has been a clinician for a little over three years. He is currently enrolled in Sports Medicine of Atlanta's fellowship program for manual therapy and just recently completed all necessary courses to sit for a certified orthopedic manual therapist credential through the Maitland Australian Seminars. He is also involved in several large research projects investigating topics including the neurophysiologic effects of manual therapy, which we're going to talk about today, the long-term outcomes of the Oxford knee replacement, the effects of verbal complaints on pain and central sensitization, and the baseline knowledge of clinicians in pain neurophysiology. Uh, He has developed and blogged at forwardthinkingpt.com and is a contributor to the ptproject.com, bodyandmind.org, sporttext.net, and somasimple.com. And as as you all know, if you've listened to the show, you know how much I love to talk about Soma Simple. I think it's a great uh, website for physical therapists, massage therapists, occupational therapists, and so on. Uh, He is married to his wife, Kristen. She's a speech-language pathologist. And they have a little Boston Terrier named Ellie, just sort of throw that in. And in his, in his spare time, he enjoys golfing and gardening, so he probably would have really liked our show last week. So, Joe, welcome, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Karen. Sure, sure. So, now, you do a lot of sort of blogging and writing, and you're working at the same time and doing these fellowships, so how do you find the time to do all of this? You know what? Um, I, I guess I just budget time well. Um, I'm, I'm a very early riser, so I'm up at 4.30 or 5 every what? morning. And, <laughs> exactly. And Why? I go to the gym, and, and when I'm at the <laughs> gym, I go on the different blogs and see what people have updated. Okay. And, and do a lot of my writing, and a lot of my ideas come out while I'm at the gym. So okay. I have my iPhone while I'm on an elliptical, and I'm uh-huh. uh, you know, typing in some ideas, and then that kind of uh, you know, helps flow the rest of my day. So, uh, so do you go to bed at like seven o'clock at night? What's that? Do you go to bed at like seven or eight o'clock at night? No, I usually nine or ten. Um, but when I get home from work, it, it's kind of the same thing. I'm just kind of winding down for the day and mm-hmm. and writing down any or you know other ideas that I have on projects that 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 we could put together or, or um, you know looking at different research that had sure. come out that day or, or over the past week and and. and I guess my entire day is kind of devoted to to physical therapy in in, in some sense. Sure. So a a quick question. Um, And, and, you know, we'll we'll get in in the next segment that's going to be a much longer segment. We'll get into a lot of the pain science and and things like that. But just so that, you know, I like listeners to get a little bit more information, you know, on you and and sort of what makes you more of a quote-unquote sort of expert in in these fields. But... When you're looking at current research and things like that, do you look at certain websites or are there certain websites? Do you get Google alerts? How do you know where to look for current research? So if there are people listening now and they want to know where can I find current research, where can they go? 
sure. I think that myphysicaltherapyspace.com. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Excellent resource put together by the Evidence in Motion group. Uh-huh. Um, I find a lot of stuff on somasimple.com. Um, a lot of discussions that, that lead to me, you know, seeking out an article. Yep. Um, start at Soma Simple. Bodyandmind.org, another fantastic resource put together by um, Lorimer Mosley. Yep. Um, and he actually posts a lot of his his articles for free on that site, so you can read a lot of the research that's been done by him, as well as some of the other pain science gurus right. directly on his site. So um, there are some great resources out there. Um, I'm very fortunate to, to um, have open access to a lot of different journals mm-hmm. um, to be able to seek articles, but there are other ways to, to, to get research articles, and I think that those three sites are fantastic. And as well as my own site, I try to um, analyze research articles mm-hmm. that, you know, for other PTs that may not have open access to journals, um, I, at least I try to put out there what, what I've analyzed or what I've read recently. Right, yes. And I, you know, I've definitely been going over your website, and I've known about your website for for some time now, just from seeing it on Soma Simple. And I think it's great that you do kind of go through uh, recent research and make it a little bit easier for people to understand it. And actually, I think in the future, I'm going to try and collaborate with Jason Silvernail again, and we're going to do a show on how to read a research paper. Exactly. How to read a research article. Because, you know, it seems like a lot of times people say, oh, it's in a research article, but like they're sample size was like five people, but they found this, you know, this little nugget of, of something within the article and run with it. And it's really not the best evidence-based way to, to run a practice. Exactly. And I try to put a little bit of an opinion at the end of, of each of my articles mm-hmm. on forward-thinking PT, um, just whether or not I think it was a good research article, if the power was met, um, if it's actually clinically meaningful. I think that there's some research that's being conducted, mm-hmm. um, but really doesn't have any external validity, really doesn't um, relate to, to clinical practice. And, right. and I think that that's extremely important um, to understand. If you're reading this article, what does this actually mean to me? Right, because something I can use. That's right, because sometimes it could be a great article, but if it's not translatable and not usable in in the clinic, I mean, I think it's great to have that base of knowledge, but I don't think that it's necessary to be basing your treatments on something that might not be 100% at this exactly. point. You know, and a lot of times you'll see articles and they'll say, within the, even within the abstract, more research needs to be done mm-hmm. on topic X, Y, and Z. And I see that a lot. And I see even with other physical therapists, they'll say, well, it said so in this article, and so that's why we're doing it. And you're like, well... Exactly. Yeah, it comes down to that question. What does this mean to me? Is is this something I can clinically apply? Or is it something that anybody can clinically apply? Right. Um, Right. And, and, you know, anyway, that's a whole other show. And hopefully Jason and I will be able to collaborate on that and and make that a good show for people to understand. um, Because I think it's, it's just a very important thing. For, I agree. for people to know how to read these articles, you know, and, you know, we learn in PT school, but for some of us, PT school is a long time ago. And, and exactly. if you're not consistently um, reading these articles, it's, you know, you, you kind of forget a little bit. Um, so before we go to, to break here, um, let's talk a little bit on what we'll get into more in the next segment. And that is uh, you started a petition on change.org, I believe, correct? That's correct. Yes, on change.org. And it was a petition to include pain science education within the physical therapy, educational systems within physical therapy school. So before we go to break, would you mind just reading what that, or giving us a synopsis or reading what that petition entailed? And then when we come back after the break, we'll get into it into more detail. So the, the petition actually came out of the discussion on somasimple.com. Um, being a recent graduate with, again, only you know, a little over three years clinical experience, mm-hmm. I felt like I was cheated out of, I, I spent three years in school learning about all these different conditions, the majority of which have pain as one of the major symptoms, mm-hmm. but nobody really explained what pain was or, or how it worked. And, and some of the ideas that I was taught was outdated. And that's mm-hmm. not, I don't want to blame my program for that. 
I just want to blame the the, the system in general or, or the accreditation boards that, that should say you need to teach this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the actual um, petition came out of the discussion on Soma Simple. Um, I thought, you know, let's try to make somewhat of an impact by putting something together. Let's try to get their attention. Um, so I put a, a, a small petition together on, on change.org. Mm-hmm. Um, just saying we need to incorporate this into our educational programs. This is why people seek our care. They seek mm-hmm. us because they hurt. The majority of PTs just don't understand why, and, and it, it comes down to this educational um, or this lack of education. Right, that lack of foundation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I agree 100%. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about the petition, um, what happened as a result of the petition, and we'll kind of take it from there. So everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after these commercials. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hi, this is psychic medium Betsy Cohen, host of the show The Power of Intuition. Join me at TalkingAlternative.com Mondays at 11 a.m. Call in for a free psychic reading. Learn how to tune into your intuition to feel better and to create your optimum life. I'm here to guide you and to assist you in creating the life that you deserve. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you feeling overwhelmed in the current chaos of our changing times? A deeper understanding of authentic astrology can uncover solutions in every area of life. After all, metaphysics is just quantum physics, poetically expressed. I am Montgomery Taylor, and I offer lectures, seminars, and private consultations. For more information, contact me at Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at rljmedia.com. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart here on TalkingAlternative.com. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and I'm joined today by fellow physical therapist, Joseph Brentz. And we sort of left off last segment talking about a petition that he started on Change.org. And this petition was for better pain education in physical therapy therapy programs, collegiate level. And Joe, if you don't mind, I just wanted to uh, read something from the petition. Um, so, uh, 
talking about, I, we said before, sort of the accreditation in physical therapy, or it's CAPT, C-A-P-T-E, the Commission on Accreditation in Physical Therapy Education. And it says, the mission of CAPTE is to serve the public by establishing and applying standards that ensure quality and continuous improvement in the professional preparation of physical therapists and physical therapy assistants and that reflect the evolving nature of education, research, and practice. So I think just by that sheer definition that this pain science that you were speaking about last segment should be on the top of their list. Exactly. Um, Over the past 10 years, there has been more research conducted on pain science to show that when we experience a painful condition, whether it be associated with Achilles tendonitis or chronic back pain, that pain is always an output from the brain. Mm -hmm. It's always got this neurological component, but I I didn't learn that in school. I, I learned that whenever I got out and, and you know, through some blogs, I, yeah. I stumbled upon something simple and, and yeah. learned some of these things and started teaching myself some of these things. Um, so because of, of what we're learning about pain, I mean, this stuff's 10 years old. We need to start teaching this. We need to start, start incorporating um, some of this, this stuff into, into PT programs. Yeah, I so agree. That, yeah, the and. We need entry-level clinicians to, to understand that even though that Achilles hurts, there may be some other things involved mm-hmm. that are making it hurt. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I had David Butler on the show last year, and he was saying kind of what you just said, that there's been more research in the last 10 years on pain science there was in the last 100 years. Exactly. You know, and so this this pain science, and he's in Australia, and I feel like in Australia they're sort of on top of it a little bit more, even within their schooling, um, I think, than they are here. But, you know, that's just from what I, like I said, kind of like what you said, kind of going through blogs and things like that. Um, and then I think another thing that was interesting that you sort of put within the petition was that the burden of pain worldwide is enormous in regards to humanitarian, healthcare, and financial terms. Exactly. And another thing uh, that, that David Butler said was, in, in the United States, I don't know what year, if it was 2009 or 2010, might have been 2009, that there was more spent on low back pain than the two wars combined. Exactly. Afghanistan and Iraq combined more on back pain, meaning uh, seeking out treatments, missed work, um, you know, hospitalizations, procedures, that sort of stuff. Exactly, it is a huge cost to our healthcare system, and I think it's a huge cost just because nobody understands it. Mm-hmm. Um, spinal surgeries have went up tenfold over the past ten years. There's just a lot of likely unnecessary procedures being right. done to the tissues of our body when it's not really related to the tissues of our body. It's it's it, it the inhibition of pain needs to start at the brain, and we yep. need to figure out better ways of doing that. And I think that Butler, um, along with Mosley, mm-hmm. are going down a fantastic route yeah. um, in introducing that graded motor imagery protocol. Yeah, it's amazing. I- exactly. I've they, used it with patients, and I've had very good results. Exactly. I just, right before I got on this call, I had emailed you and told you, I was just evaluating this complex patient that uh, she's young, she has complex regional pain syndrome. Oh, mm hurts everywhere from the stomach down and is spread. Um, horrible condition, but I, I had this, this discussion about graded motor imagery and how we're going to approach her treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else has failed her over the past three years, and, and she kind of sparked up a little bit right. in saying that even though everything else has failed you, and even though you've seen you know, this Specialist, many Specialists, yeah. I'm confident, and I want you to have that expectation that this might work for you. I, I, I really am confident in, in the research that, that Butler and Mosley and mm-hmm. some other pain scientists have done right. um, and, and think they're going down the right route here. There may be some um, you know, deviations from this or some additional things added to their protocol as, as we learn more. Of course. But I think that they are going down the right route, understanding that we need to affect things at the brain first, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and focus less on the tissues of her body. Yeah, I, and, and, you know, I think that since I started sort of lurking around on Soma Simple and having a lot of these people on the show, like Diane and Diane Jacobs and Jason and, and David Butler and Corey Zimney and all these great people, um, and the more that I read about pain, I know that my treatment towards patient 
towards my patients and my patient care has really changed from a very biomedical approach because that's what I learned in school. Exactly. To this more biopsychosocial approach. And, you know, even like, um, it's funny, the Janice and Sam, sort of the producers here, are just shaking their heads. I feel like they're getting a pain education here just by listening to all these different radio shows. But, I mean, I just find that it's, I can affect a greater change on my patients, just sort of giving them kind of the explain pain uh, talk and then just working at a more superficial level than I was before, like digging in and trying to do all this crazy stuff and looking for rotations and da 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 da. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what your opinion is on that, but I find that my patients get better exactly. faster. And I think that, I mean, the first thing that has to happen, I just reviewed this article by Joe Neist and, and um, wrote a review on, on sportex.net. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of the expert out there on central sensitization. Mm-hmm. I've had some, some personal discussions with him on how do we approach these patients where it's not about the tissues anymore. It's, no. it's about a sensitized nervous system. And, and his approach to treatment is, I mean, the first session is all education. Yeah. All you do is talk to the patient. Yeah. You need to change the, the thinking that, that it has to be at the tissues of the body. We have to tell them it, 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 tissues probably really don't matter. Yeah. It's not until the brain decides that there's something wrong there That's that you right. hurt. Um, so I, I, I've taken his approach, and I it educate works. patients the first yeah. time a ton. I give them homework so that I know yeah. that they understand what I taught them. Yeah, so do I. And, it's great. And after changing that thought process, um, then I begin treatment. Yeah, I, and, I, and I do the same thing. And um, I just find, like, I've had patients who come in, and I may give them, like, maybe a, a little nerve glide or something. And I had one patient who came in, pain down his arm, couldn't raise his shoulder, couldn't raise the arm over the head, tingling, all this stuff. Gave him, you know, the, an explanation of why all this was happening. Gave him a quick nerve glide. He came back, and he was fine in two days. Exactly. So exactly. where I feel is before, I would have been like, well, let me see if I can dig into this muscle and try and, yeah. you know, yeah, the, it, obviously the shoulder's not moving because the joint capsule's tight or this, that, or the other thing. And, and it, that wasn't the case at all. Exactly. It was I get fear a lot avoidance. of second opinions with patients that have been through physical therapy mm-hmm. and said they hurt they hurt more when they left. Yeah. And that makes no sense to me. If a patient's coming in with pain, I make them hurt more when they leave. Yeah. That's crazy. Or I'm I've not doing s- something correctly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I don't think that you need to induce pain to treat pain. Yeah. Um, I agree. Exactly. And, and when you have patients with that central sensitization, and we'll get into that in the next segment. We just have a little time here. Um, I have to say, like... I've been through like five years, six years of chronic pain, and I did have sent that central sense. So I know what it feels like. Exactly. And I know I would have like physical therapists work on it and try and like dig through my arm and dig through, you know, trying to loosen. Ner- and it would, oh, it would be to the point where I felt nauseous. Pain. Like that's how sensitized my system was that I would get physically ill with someone just trying to touch my arm. Exactly. And, and, and- yeah. Individuals that have that central sensitization, they're sensitive to very little stimuli. Yeah. You know, whether yeah. it be touch, whether it be light, whether yeah. it be sound. Yeah, it's true. And I had all of it. Sensitive. I had all of it. And it wasn't until I went and heard David Butler talk um, at, I think it was two, last year at the APTA conference in D.C., I heard him talk, and then I was lucky enough to sit down with him here in New York for a couple of hours and interview him, and which was pretty amazing. But it wasn't until, and all he did was talk to me. I was, I would say, ninety-five percent better in two weeks. Wow! Yeah, pretty incredible, huh? Yeah, and it was pretty amazing. And so I feel like I can share that story with people. And so, because you know, sometimes when your patients come in, especially these chronic patients, they're like, I've had people come and be like, I don't even know why I'm here. I've tried it; it doesn't work. Exactly. I'm still in pain, so I don't know what you're going to do for me. And then as you educate them and they start to feel better, all of a sudden they come in and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm able to do A, B, C, and D. I was able to carry groceries. I used to be so scared to do that, or I can pick up my child now. Exactly. And expectations of the patient have a large impact over the recovery. If they Mm -hmm. don't expect that you can get them better, or if they have the expectation that physical therapy is something that it's not, they just won't get better. So we need yeah. to initially change those expectations 
yeah. let them know realistically you don't have to live the rest of your life in this pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as just changing the perceptions of what they see as threatening. So right. if it's, you know, whether a movement or, or I, I just treated this patient this morning who was in a car accident, Oof. and now his car, that, that social context of being in the car is threatening. Yeah, so, so he probably has... When he's there. Of course, of course. Exactly. And it's not because his motion for No. It's, it's simply that context. The brain recognizes that car is a threat, so That's it makes right. him hurt, so he's not in it. That's right. And I think that's, and all this stuff that we're talking about is stuff that needs to be taught in physical therapy school. Exactly. Because it could go a long way to help your patients. And it, it can go a long way in cost containment as well. Yeah. We yeah. spend so much of, of our healthcare dollars trying to treat chronic pain. Yeah. And I think if there's just a better understanding, we could, I think the days of, of treating three times a week for four to six weeks physical therapy they're just not necessary anymore. Yeah. I think that, that we can effectively treat an individual. Once it's a week. Just, it, 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 it comes down to the interventions that are applied. Yeah. Whether or not, you know, it, this pain science is applied or not. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. We're going to take a quick break, Joe. We'll be right back after these messages to continue the discussion. So stay tuned. <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Money, time, happiness, success. Where's your breakthrough? Join me, Nora Simpson, as I bring you real-world tools for combining financial smarts with spiritual purpose. As a consultant to CEOs, I've helped produce clear, measurable financial results while expanding integrity, passion, and joy. Share my journey as we apply the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment to create breakthroughs for people across the world, the people of Creation Nation. Listen to Nora Simpson's Creation Nation Fridays at 12 noon Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Lebowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart here on TalkingAlternative.com. Thank you all for tuning in today. On the show, I have fellow physical therapist Joseph Brents, and he is a physical therapist out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we are kind of got off on a little bit of a pain science tangent uh, in in the last segment. But, Joe, I just wanted to kind of bring it back for a moment. What was the outcome of the petition? Sure. Um, so we got 576 signatures over right. a four-month period. A little disappointing, to be honest. Um, I was expecting more of a response from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't hear anything from CAPTI following that. Um, mm-hmm. I know that we had their email and, and their information for change.org to send the results to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't heard any direct results from that yet. Um, but to put a little bit more... I guess, pressure on the, the, the entire educational um, um, crediting bodies and process. We, we put together a study to actually examine the knowledge base of not only physical therapists, but medical doctors, doctors mm. of osteopathic, 
um, medicine, as well as chiropractors, mm-hmm. looking at their knowledge base of, of pain science. Um, and that's with Corey Blickenstaff, mm-hmm. Jason Silvernail, and, and Joe Neese mm-hmm. out of Belgium. So we're trying to take it you know, one step further and put together a research project to, to actually examine it ourselves and, and see is, is our perception correct in which there is this knowledge gap in pain science? Or maybe we're incorrect and more people right. actually get it than we think. Right, right. And yeah. is that through a questionnaire type thing? It is. So, okay. so we developed an online questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some internal validity. Joe Neese is a pain expert, um, well published on central sensitization yep. as well as the classification system for pain. Um, and, and we're just about to pilot it. I sent a, an email out to the guys yesterday and said, let's get this thing out there. So we should be piloting over the next month. Great, great. Yeah. So we'll look forward to the uh, results of that. And how long would you suspect? I would suspect, so, so it's a two-part study. Uh-huh. Um, so the first pilot phase should, um, should go on for a couple months, and then I would expect the actual validation of the instrument to occur following that pilot study. And then with the, the full-blown experiment having um, the knowledge base tested of all these different types of practitioners, that should be another year-long process, sure. so probably over the next couple of years. Okay, great, great. And I think that's, you know, having that little bit of, of research to maybe bring to the accrediting body. Like you said, maybe most people are on board with sort of that biopsychosocial uh, method, methodology, um, or, or maybe you are, we're right in thinking that maybe the education isn't enough. So I think it would be interesting, uh, interesting results. I look forward to that. Um, so let's go into, I know we kind of been sort of shooting out these biopsychosocial versus biomedical models. So do you want to kind of give the listeners a, a definition on, on what those terms mean? Sure. So the biopsychosocial model, um, it's this, this kind of new perceived model, and I don't really want to say it's that new. I think it was developed in the 80s. Um, but it's this, this model of healthcare that says that disease, illness, and pain are a result of a combination of biological, psychological, and social factors, mm-hmm. and that all three can play a part in a patient's either right. pain or disease experience. The biomedical model is that model that we were taught in school, mm-hmm. saying that if you have Achilles tendonitis, then it's it's happening at the Achilles tendon. Right. It doesn't take into account the patient's thoughts about what might happen because of this mm-hmm. or, or the context in which they injure that Achilles tendon. Right. The biopsychosocial model is kind of the biomedical model, but with these other factors integrated. Right. right. Kind so, of like what you said before, you had a patient with neck pain who was in a car accident, so when he gets in a car, it hurts more. Exactly. So that's more of a social context and also a psychological context. You're exactly right. So why not have that patient exercise in his car, or at least work up to, you know, your pain's not hurting that much before you turn on the car. Let's do those exercises in the car, and then try turning the keys and doing those exercises again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about taking that social context into consideration of patient right. treatment. Right. And, and I think that's extremely important. And Stephen George out of the University of Florida has developed some, some great research to, to support that. And research on something called rated exposure treatment mm-hmm. expose the patient to different different situations and different contexts when treating their pain. Hmm, that's interesting. I like that. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Um, and so, in your opinion, how uh, looking at maybe physical therapists that you have met or physical therapists that you maybe have worked with or your colleagues, how many people are sort of still on that strict bio? medical model and how many of those are sort of really speeding hopefully towards the biopsychosocial model? Sure. So I, I see that some of the younger clinicians that I work with are more apt to changing mm-hmm. their their opinions of, of the models that they actually follow. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to work with some, some great clinicians in, in the Pittsburgh region here that, that have, have, have adopted that biopsychosocial model. My fellowship mentor who's in Pittsburgh with me he, he's been fantastic, and, and his name's Francois Przinski, and, and mm-hmm. he's adopted this model and, and implemented in his treatment. We've kind of taught each other as I've went through this fellowship process. Um, I would say that some of the older clinicians that I work with 
just really aren't that interested in, in mm-hmm. changing the way they've treated. Mm-hmm. When they've treated one way for the past 20 years, why do yeah. I need to learn this new stuff? This is all a bunch of garbage. Yeah. So, so I would say that the younger clinicians have adopted, um, have adopted this model a little bit easier than maybe some of the older clinicians. Yeah, and I would I would have to agree with you there as well. Although I guess I'm an older clinician. Ugh. How Yuck. many years of practice? Um, fourteen. That's not that bad. I'm like, ugh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I've I've sort of adopted this because I found it works so beautifully with me. So why would I do anything else? It, you know, it, and and if you wanted a complicated case, then you could have treated me. Okay. You know, I mean, that's how, like I was saying, we were talking about central, central sensitization. Um, and it's sort of like, you know, when all your systems are sort of revved up because of, you know, chronic pain and, and things like that. And I would have trouble getting a pedicure. Wow. Like, that's how sensitive I was. It was, like, excruciating just to get a pedicure. And exactly. I had a and, neck injury. And, and by the definition, again, a central sensitization, it is that sensitization to seemingly little stimuli. Mm-hmm. So just touching somebody's nail bed may hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you sort of touched on it a little bit earlier, talking sort of about that graded motor imagery and also graded exposure and graded exercises. Exactly. And there was a little bit of a difference between graded exposure and graded exercises. Yeah. Um, and there was a research article just published, I believe it was manual therapy, Mm-hmm. Let me check here real quick. So sure. I just did a review on it, and, and it assessed the two different approaches and said it really doesn't matter what we use. It's actually in physical therapy. Sorry. Um, it was written by Mosquito um, and Latimer, mm-hmm. and the title of the article was Effective Motor Control Exercises Versus Graded Activity in Patients with Chronic Nonspecific Low Back Pain. Oh, mm-hmm. And the article, it was a randomized control trial, well-done study, had a large cohort of individuals, um, and they gave one group this graded exposure activities where, where they introduced them to, to different tasks which they feared, and then, mm-hmm. and then they performed activities where they were not fearful anymore. And then some of the more typical motor control exercises or graded exercises mm-hmm. where um, the patient's able to accomplish this or this many reps, mm-hmm. and then we progressed based upon that. Um, the article showed there wasn't a huge difference between the two. Both groups got better, but one wasn't really superior over the other. Right. And was that in acute low back pain or chronic low back pain? Um, I, it was in chronic. Oh, it was in chronic. Okay. It was chronic nonspecific low back pain. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I think, and I'm actually, I have your web page up right now, so I'm actually sure. looking at the study also. Um, but I, I think it's... I think it's just so important for people to kind of really grasp this biopsychosocial model. I mean, I try and push it as much as I can, and I think I use this show to push it a lot. Um, So I'm just hoping that, you know, there are physical therapists that are listening that maybe don't know a lot about this. And through the show and through the guests like yourself that that I have on, that they can kind of embrace this and and really start to at least read about it. Exactly. And this part... The entire understanding, it, it should be a process. And, and Jason yeah. Silvernell wrote this great editorial in, in the Journal of Manual Manipulative Therapy um, discussing process versus product. Mm-hmm. So this entire thought process that goes into treating a patient versus just technique. And I yeah. think that that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Our PTs in general, at least when I go to different courses, they want to learn all these different techniques or all these different ways of manipulating the spine or, mm-hmm. or a peripheral joint. That, those techniques really don't matter unless you have a process um, which leads you to using them. Right. So that process is much more important. And that graded exposure, whether it be graded exposure or motor control. Mm-hmm. Or what have process, you. Yeah, it, whatever it, works for your patient. It, exactly. But it should come down to that process and not just a bunch of techniques thrown together. Right. There, it's great to have it in your toolbox. It doesn't mean you have to use all of them. Exactly. And it doesn't mean you have to use them all right away. Yep. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages. So everybody stay tuned. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Hi, this is psychic medium Betsy Cohen, host of the show The Power of Intuition. Join me at TalkingAlternative.com Mondays at 11 a.m. Call in for a free psychic reading. Learn how to tune into your intuition to feel better and to create your optimum life. I'm here to guide you and to assist you in creating the life that you deserve. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, I'm Carol Ward from the Body Mind Wellness Program. Listen to my show for ideas and information to help you live a healthier life in body, mind, and spirit. You'll hear from terrific guests who are experts in the areas of health, wellness, and creativity. So join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkingAlternative.com, professionals serving community. Hi, this is Nancy Tato from Speak Spin Radio. Speak Spin Radio is an exploration of the world of communication, how it happens and how to make it better, because the quality of your communication has a direct impact on the quality of your life. Tune in Mondays at 2 p.m. on TalkingAlternative.com, where I'll be interviewing experts from business, academia, the arts, and new thought. Join me Mondays at 2 p.m. and get all your communications questions answered on Speak Spin Radio. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and I'm joined today by fellow physical therapy, uh, uh, physical therapist Joseph Brentz. Um, so we've been talking a lot about pain science and biopsychosocial versus biomedical. But Joe, what I'd like to talk about in this segment is uh, let's talk about research and kind of what we're finding out about the effects of manual therapy. Because most physical therapists these days, I think, bill ourselves as manual therapists. So what, give us a couple of, um, you know, uh, recent research and what we're finding about the effects of, of that therapy. Sure. So recently I had the opportunity to um, participate in a, a randomized controlled uh, clinical trial with Dr. Chad Cook out mm-hmm. of Walsh University, fantastic clinician, even better researcher. Yep. Um, and, and what we looked at we, can, we compared the effects of mobilization to the lumbar spine mm-hmm. as compared to manipulation. And we looked at a bunch of different variables, and we actually just had our, our first study um, from, from that research that we gathered published. And what we looked at was that our, our within and between session changes predictive of our outcomes in individuals with nonspecific low back pain. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that if the patient, while we're treating them, if they have a change in symptoms for the better, and those symptoms are decreased by the time that they return to us the next session, then that's predictive of their overall long-term outcomes. Okay. So if, if I mobilize you, and ah, that feels good. Mm-hmm. You come back, you say, that felt really good when you did that last time, and I still feel a little bit better, then you're probably going to have a positive result no matter what we do with you in your low back pain. Mm-hmm. So in this research, we had, and it was totally left up to the, the actual clinician to decide what manual he would apply. He was either randomized into a mobilization or manipulation group, but didn't matter on technique. You could do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and what we found is that if the patient responded to us putting our hands on, on them, 
then they felt better. And we're seeing an emergence of evidence showing that. And, and simply just getting your hands on a patient matters. Mm-hmm. So my thoughts are, and, and there's some research to back this up, is that it, it, just touching the skin matters. Putting our hands and having a human interaction with somebody that's likely what gets them better. It likely doesn't matter on the technique. Mm. Likely just matters that we touch that skin and send some afferent information out to the brain, mm-hmm. causing that brain to think, okay, there's not a threat to that tissue anymore, right. and the pain diminishes. Right. The brain so, kind of takes a collective sigh. You're exactly right. Like, and, and oh, thank my you. hypothesis is, is that when we mobilize a segment, mm-hmm. we're just remapping portions of the brain it, which the brain perceives as threatening. So inside of our brain, we have this this virtual representation of our body. Mm-hmm. And if that portion doesn't match our actual body, then, then the brain responds by making that portion of the body hurt. Sure. So we're just changing that, that virtual representation of, of the brain's perception of the body. Mm-hmm. Right. Sort of just, you know, allowing the brain to understand that that point is there and to make a clearer picture of it. So exactly. it's sort of like decreasing the smudging. You're exactly right. Yeah. And another article that's that's emerging, I can't really discuss results until it's in print, mm-hmm. um, but what we looked at was the clinical prediction rule, reexamining uh-huh. if manipulation is the, the optimal interven- inter- intervention uh-huh. when somebody fits the clinical prediction rule for lumbar manipulation. So pain to the knee but no further? I- exactly. <laughs> Symptoms less than 16 days, yeah. internal, hip, internal rotation greater than 35 degrees. You know, low disability scores, low fear avoidance scores, right. which in general, that just predicts a healthy individual. But what we found out, at least from this research, is that it didn't matter if you mobbed them or manipped them. They just uh, got better. They just, well, you know, most acute low back pain does get better within four to six weeks, whether you do anything or not. You're exactly right. And, and I think eventually, if we keep conducting research like this, we're not going to have anything to do because we're, just, <laughs> we're going to be able to predict, you know, these individuals that would have sought our care probably don't even need it. Right. They probably right. just would have healed, you know, on their own or at least from one or two sessions. Right. You know, luckily what keeps us in business are that 5 to 10% who do not get better in four to six weeks. And that 5 to 10% of low back pain are also the ones that spend more on, fit on their back care than the two wars combined. You're exactly So can right. you imagine if it were more than 5 or 10%? That would be crazy. It would be astronomical, you know. So you think yeah. about such a small amount of, statistically speaking, small amount of people with low back pain having that much impact on society and on healthcare and things like that. And I think it it's important for physical therapists to be able to make an appropriate intervention. You're exactly right. And, and we're actually conducting this other interesting study right now. And this is with Chad Cook and Chris Schoedwalter in this group again. Um, and what we're looking at is... What happens if we mobilize over, like, the C6, C7 region mm-hmm. unilaterally in the neck mm-hmm. on shoulder pain in individuals that have subacromial impingement? Mm-hmm. Meaning, do we even have to touch that body part to get effects on the rest of the body? Mm-hmm. So if we touch a seemingly unrelated, you know, portion of that body, right. or maybe it means related nerve-wise, but, right. but it's not portion of the shoulder. So if we just mobilize the neck, can we decrease somebody's shoulder pain? So, so that's kind of the next study that we're undergoing right mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. currently enrolling patients. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, and again, I think it, it, it does come down to, like you said, just kind of getting your hands on someone. But the patient that I told you came in with shoulder pain mm-hmm. and, like, pain down the arm, couldn't lift up his, his arm. I didn't work on his shoulder at all. I, okay. I just gave him some nerve glides, worked on his neck, and the pain went away. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, I don't know. I we'll think, see. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And I know that Diane Jacobs, so she was on your show. Yeah. And, I mean, she's a big proponent of, of this interaction between the skin and the brain. Right, um, right. Because, because they form together developmentally. Sure. There's likely this interconnectedness. When we touch the skin, we're probably affecting the brain. It probably doesn't matter if we, you know, crack somebody's right. back or just touch somebody's back. As right. As long as we interact with that skin probably getting some beneficial effects right and and you know like what diane says you know the skin is obviously innervated by nerves exactly and those nerves don't stop like in the fascia and they don't stop in the skin those nerves connect and go right up into the brain exactly so what the skin what happens at the skin level is is analyzed within the brain 
Exactly. So, you know, she's sort of a proponent of kind of working more superficially versus digging into the, the quote-unquote meat. Exactly. Um, so I think that a lot that we're going to see over the next couple of years um, is evidence to, to, you know, emerging to further support. That's probably all we need to do is just touch the skin. We don't need yeah. all these fancy techniques. Or yeah. I, I went through the, the Maitland Australian seminars, mm-hmm. which was fantastic, but mm-hmm. probably don't need you know, these long series of courses to become an expert right. manual therapist. And right. I've been very fortunate with, with my fellowship in sports medicine of Atlanta that they accept my 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 thinking and, and kind of my going against the grain of what was considered to be a manual therapist, uh, right. this kind of new age type type thinking. Sure. And, and you know, hopefully it won't be so new agey very soon. Exactly. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to kind of wrap things up really quick in a moment. So everyone stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you feeling overwhelmed in the current chaos of our changing times? A deeper understanding of authentic astrology can uncover solutions in every area of life. After all, metaphysics is just quantum physics, poetically expressed. I am Montgomery Taylor, and I offer lectures, seminars, and private consultations. For more information, contact me at Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at rljmedia.com. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Lebowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212 212- 721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by my guest, Joseph Brents. He's a physical therapist in the Pittsburgh area, my home state of Pennsylvania. Um, so, Joe, we have four minutes. So I'm going to ask you a big question that you can sure. maybe concisely answer in about two minutes. Okay. Where do you see the future of physical therapy going? Okay. Bit of a loaded question, so go. <laughs> exactly. So I think the, the question of where do I see it going versus where do I like to see it going, yes. um, a little bit different. But I do see that eventually we're going to have to you know, accept that this biopsychosocial model, um, you know, whether it be five years from now, ten years from now, there is just so much evidence coming out to support it. So I really see a lot of clinicians, they're going to have to accept this. Um, from some discussions with, with Dr. Bob Duvall, who is one of my fellowship mentors down mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees this as, as he sees us as getting paid on a different model. He sees the payment models um, changing. And he sees us instead of getting paid on a, a unit reimbursement as getting paid on outcomes. And I would love to see that. And the reason why is that I really think it will um, force clinicians to re-examine their practice and re-examine. What interventions are necessary to treat mm-hmm. this patient? How can we get this patient better faster? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do see um, our profession changing for the better. I think it's a great opportunity right now for physical therapists as well. Um, with this emergence of, of pain science being 
done by David Butler and Norma Mosley, who are physical, physical therapists. therapists. Yeah. Why can't we be the pain experts? Why can't we be the ones that yeah. change um, the outcomes of medicine and, and become the, the, the expert? Become the point pain? person. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um, I think if we follow their lead, then we're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. And I agree 100%. And on that note, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out and calling in today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a great experience. Great. Great. Listen. Yep. I I hope. I'm sure they have. (laughs) And then people, we get a lot of people listening to the uh, podcast, which will be up later on tonight. So uh, you can tell your friends, your family, your colleagues that if they missed it today at 1 o'clock, it'll be up on the Talking Alternative website on my webpage, Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart, tonight, uh, at some point tonight. So so thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully you'll come back in the future. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing Tracy Stackhouse. She's one of the foremost uh, leaders in occupational therapy and an expert in autism and fragile X syndrome. So we'll get to a lot of the, get to the bottom of a lot of these autism questions and I would say, fallacies that are out there in the world today. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in, and have a great week, and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. your game. Want to improve your performance, focus, and motivation? Then you need Aspire Athletic Consulting. Stop second-guessing yourself. Move your game to the next level. Bring back the fun of the sport. Help your child build confidence and self-esteem through sports. Contact Dale at Aspire Athletic Consulting for a free 15-minute power session to get unstuck today. Your greatest athletic performance is just a phone call away at 801-604-0294 or visit aspireconsulting.vpweb.com. Motivational coaching for athletic excellence. Aspire to greatness. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Looking to meet Mr. or Mrs. Right but still haven't found the one? Want to make your current relationship as fulfilling as possible? Then tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. for Love in the Afternoon with Marnie Gallison. As a professional matchmaker, I've seen it all. With distinguished authors, industry gurus, and experts on everything from wine to fashion, join us as we discuss dating, relationships, and more on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower radio program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neosage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. TalkingAlternative.com